We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Tuesday, it's September 19th, it is 2023. We have 12 baseball games to talk about here on today's podcast before we get into that. Man, I just want prayers up for Nick Chubb. That one that one was ugly. Um, I would be shocked if he's not out for the season. So, um, didn't want to see it finally um accidentally saw it and didn't want to see it after i saw it um so just prayers up to nick chubb that was ugly and um gosh man that just that one that one that one's rough but joined today by my buddy keith eister eyes um i know football season's in full swing we got basketball lurking around the corner we got you know adrian peterson on dancing with the stars about to start i mean (laughs) like all kinds of stuff going on but um all joking aside and all fun aside let's uh let's talk baseball we got 12 games today how are you doing my friend yeah doing well um crazy injuries for the two gamer nfl on monday night the chubb thing was was terrible to see jamal williams was another popular play that that got injured very early so if you played contrarian monday night i think you're you're in for a, a pretty big night guys like um jerome ford and uh tony jones are gonna be big tournament winners it looks like so yeah, uh, on, on to the baseball, though. We we had a busy night Monday. Just just baseball here on Tuesday for us, though. So um, one of the tournaments I played, I played a bunch of single-entry stuff for football on the two-game slate. I just Especially on these smaller slates, I, that's what I love to do. Um, but I saw one of the teams that was like winning had um, both running backs from Cleveland. So they had Ford and Chubb. And I was like, all right, well, I, that wasn't even like crazy a strategy because, I mean – the running backs um, on the slate in general, you were just going to get so much ownership in that first game, you know, with with Williams and Sanders. So, but we got baseball. Baseball, like my baseball slate's actually going really well. I was telling you before we got started here, it was very high on Philadelphia, and they just they just kept hitting home runs. So, um, big day for Philly. They need, like I said yesterday on the podcast, they need to kind of win out. Um, I, they're good. They're not great, but they're good where they're at right now. 
in the playoff standings. So um, I, I think like when every time, anytime you're like in this situation, you know, every game you want to win. So we got 12 games. We've talked enough rambling. What's up, YouTube? Hope everyone's having a fantastic Monday night. Thanks for hanging out with us here live on the show. Michael, thank you for being here. Toronto at New York facing the Yankees. Eight and a half total. Pick'em game. Schmidt, Kikuchi facing off against each other. Um, had I told you a two months ago that Kikuchi was going to be a a pick'em against the Yankees, you'd probably be like, ha um what are your thoughts here on you say kikuchi yeah i mean he's been pretty good this season um the strikeouts have been there he's really gotten the walks under control which has kind of allowed him to work deeper into games um a rough one last time out against texas but texas is a tough matchup i think this is a better spot for him here against the yankees there's still a lot of risk though because yankee stadium he's a fly ball guy um but like this Yankees lineup just isn't all that imposing these days. I think he's in play at 8,700. Um, there's some really elite options on this slate. They're in just fantastic matchups. So I think we're spending up on pitching today. And I think that's the first time that I've been on this podcast and said that in at least a month. Um, but there's just, there's two, there's some guys that are in too good of spots to ignore today. So I like Kikuchi. Um, it's a high risk spot, but I think it's also a good strikeout spot. So he, he could get the job done here. Probably going to be more of a large field tournament play for me, though. Yeah, I mean, yesterday, like, complete opposite, right? Like, yesterday was get the bats in, work pitching around it. Um, ended up playing Clevenger. Um, was high on him on the podcast yesterday and uh, ended up playing him. He had a huge game. Um, he was so – he was, like, one out away from a complete game shutout. Gave up a home run um, with two outs in the ninth. So, um, ended up still getting the complete game. I think he put up like 35 or something like that. It was, it was a, it was a really big number, but like today's the exact opposite today is let's get these, um, high end pitchers. There's a lot of ceiling here. I, I like attacking the Yankees with like right-handed pitching. Um, I, I think there's still enough right-handed bats in this lineup that like for Kikuchi to succeed, he's going to have to have like one of those, like run really good type of games. Could he do it? Sure. I mean, it's it's baseball. There's variance, but um, are we really wanting to play a guy at 8,700 where we're saying he needs to run run really well um, and get like Babbitt needs to be completely on his side for him to pay off 8,700. So, yeah, I think overall probably not playing Kikuchi. Um, I'm not playing Clark Schmidt either. You know, this is a guy that really hasn't shown like a huge ceiling recently. He's kind of in that like weird price range on this slate. I just, I don't see enough upside for me to have interest today in Clark Schmidt. I will say that he, he does have wide splits and we know that Toronto is very right-handed heavy. Um, Schmidt is much better against righties. He's been very good against righties, struggles with the lefties. Strikeout rate is significantly lower to lefties. He's probably going to see what seven righties, six righties in this spot. So if he was a little cheaper, I would have a lot of interest, but like you said, he's kind of just in a weird price range. It's, I, I suppose you could go up for an elite guy and then use Schmidt as an SP2 type. Um, there, there is a cheaper guy that I like a little bit more, uh, but like I don't hate the matchup here in this spot. It's just I don't I don't know if it's the right slate for him. Yeah, I I mean you're definitely on something when you talk about like his splits. His splits are massive. Um, so sure, I mean maybe this is a lineup that rolls out seven left or seven righties and like. When the lineup comes out, and again, like 
we talked about this a little bit yesterday. We're in the last two weeks of the baseball season. We're going to see some weird lineups. Um, you have to be able to mentally adjust to pitching when these lineups come out. And you're going to get some cheap bats, you know, as these lineups come out. Um, and you have to be able to adjust to that as well. Like, there's no more making a lineup at 3 o'clock and liking it at 6.30. Um, it, it's just not that – it's not that time of year anymore. Like, like our projected lineup team, um, way, way busier right now. And I know you do some <laughs> stuff with projections, but, like, there's just so many moving pieces right now with baseball lineups, you're going to have call-ups. You're going to have guys um, like Freddie Freeman getting days off. Mookie Betts getting days off. Like, that's just how it's going to be. I mean, Atlanta is going to be sending people down the stretch. So, yeah, um, you got to be able to adjust to how these lineups look when they come out. It's uh, funny you bat- mentioned that. Oh, just yeah. in, the, in the projections chat right now, SBK is trying to figure out how to project this uh, Philly situation. The Philly pitching situation when we get there is going to be a doozy. So, um, definitely struggles amongst the projections team at uh, this time of year. Good point. Um, all right, let's talk bats here. Any interest in the Toronto bats against Schmidt? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're certainly in play. You, you mentioned Schmidt has had his struggles here. Um, like, I wish Belt was healthy in this spot. I would really like him, but still on the IL, it's part of the reason why I think Schmidt might actually be in play um, if we need to go this low for pitching. Like, I don't have a ton of interest in the righties, and there just isn't that many lefties here. Varsho has been very disappointing. Kiermaier is, is not a guy that I like to play in DFS, but if you want to stack those two lefties probably near the bottom of the order, I, I don't hate that for some value um, just as a little mini stack, but Toronto probably not a full stack for me. Yeah, um, cheap lefties don't hate it. They're so expensive that I probably don't get to them today. Um, I, I think it's a, it's a tougher matchup for them overall, and I just – I think this is a spot I, I probably don't end up on them. On the Yankee side, I could see a Yankee stack. Um, just like outside of Judge, like Judge is expensive as he should be, but outside of him, I mean, like Torres is forty four hundred, Stanton is forty two hundred, uh, Velope thirty seven hundred, Lemayhu thirty five hundred. Like overall, the stack, even with Judge in your stack, is cheap. So I, I think just looking at the slate. I mean, Kikuchi is, he's been pitching a lot better. Um, but I think if you just want to say, hey, like he's giving up home runs, this game's in Yankee Stadium, the Yankees overall aren't expensive, and you want to fully stack the Yankees, like I'm definitely not going to talk you off of it because of these prices. Yeah, I mean, it, I said it was a high-risk spot for Kikuchi, and it's because the, the Yankees do still have some right-handed power. Judge is obviously amazing. Um, but guys like Glaber Torres, uh, even Stanton, has been much better against lefties than righties. Um, LeMayhew is cheap, not a guy I love to play, but, I mean, it's Yankee Stadium against a fly ball pitcher. He could sneak one out. Um, and then you have all the young guys who are, are really cheap, Volpe, Peraza. Um, if Higashioka is in there, he I, always a guy I like to play against lefties as a cheap catcher. Uh, so I'm, I'm with you here. I think they, the Yankees are a stack. All right, moving on. We got the White Sox and the Nationals facing off against each other here um, in Washington. Nine and a half total pick'em game. Urena and Rutledge facing off. Um, yes, that's the two pitchers in this game. Jose Urena back in our lives. Um, yeah, man, he's still pitching in the bigs. He's doing his thing. Any interest here in Urena at five K? Eight strikeouts against the Twins last time out, but no, there's no chance I'm playing Jose Urena in 
2023. Um, just walks way too many guys. Still gave up six runs, even though he did rack up those eight strikeouts. I wouldn't like the Twins are a team we've been picking on for strikeouts all season long. Washington, one of the lowest strikeout teams in baseball. No chance he's in play. Yeah, no chance. I'm even thinking remotely, like remotely even thinking about it. Um, but yeah, any interest here on the other side um, with Jackson Rutledge? No, just a, a guy who did not have a great minor league season, got beat up in his first try at the, the big leagues. So not even really a prospect. I believe he was formerly a first round pick, but has dealt with arm troubles and just hasn't really ever put it together. Washington just doesn't have many options right now. So they're, they're throwing Rutledge out there. I don't think he's big league ready. Um, I definitely prefer bats in this game. Yeah, I mean, overall, um, I mean, he was drafted for a big arm. I mean, he's a guy that does sit in the upper 90s. Um, I think he's like a 94, a 96, 97-ish range like starter. Um, he had, Like you said, he had some issues as far as injuries here. He was a first-round draft pick um, 2019, I think. Um, big dude. Like he I, – I mean, my dad's 6'8", so I know how tall like 6'8". This dude's tall. Um, so like big, big, tall guy, lengthy guy he has that upper 90 like type of upside his strikeout stuff really hasn't translated yet. Um, you know, from when, when we got, we saw him drafted, it's him pitching like single A stuff. I think you could do worse. I, I really do. Um, like he has like strikeout ability and the white Sox they strike out with the best of them. So like, if you are saying, Hey, I'm going to go up and get snot Strider Castillo or Snell, like, and, and like I'm gonna still try to get some bats with one of those top end guys. I mean, when you're looking in this range, like you have some long reliefers, some openers, some guys you definitely don't want to mess with. Um, so like I honestly think he might be the best option under 7k when you're considering price. Um, but again, that's not saying much today. It really isn't. Um, there's a lot of bad pitchers on the slate, so yeah, he really like you said, he he hasn't really translated um in into the minors and like shown a ton of upside, but you know, he has strikeout ability and like anytime you're you're sitting with a fastball like that, you know, there is there's some slight upside for sure, but um as far as like the other side, right? The Washington or the White Sox bats, he's a fly ball guy that has not his stuff just hasn't translated to pitching in a, in a major league minor league setting. Like he was a great college pitcher. He had a ton of upside from what, you know, this team looked at. I mean, yeah, at one point he was like top 10 in the organization. I think he ended the season like 13 or 14th. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you want to probably get some exposure to the white Sox bats, like fly ball guy that throws flat fastballs. I mean, this is a spot where you could have a big game if you're the White Sox. Or, I mean, I could see this game going either way. I really could. Um, so I think it's exposure to both sides for me. I, I prefer the, the White Sox bat. Like, Rutledge was decent in double in A this season. He struggled a lot more once he got to triple A. So, like, I'm just really worried about the off speed stuff. I, I'm with you on the fastball. I think he has a big league fastball, uh, throws really hard. He's a big dude, should come from a, a weird arm angle. So I think the fastball will play at this level. I'm just really concerned about the breaking stuff. Um, so I, I'm on the White Sox batch more, more than I am on Rutledge. But like you said, the the options under 7K are not great today. 
there is a guy I, I prefer, but he's he's about 1,200 more than than Rutledge as well. So if you need that savings, I don't hate taking the, the upside on, on a big arm like Rutledge, especially in a matchup against the White Sox, who we've targeted all year, like you said. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to be White Sox bats for me. I just don't think that Rutledge is is quite there yet. Um, I love Luis Robert, homer again Monday night, has been just crushing here recently, and then everybody else is – 3,700 or less. Eloy is still underpriced for what I believe his talent to be. Andrew Vaughn is a guy with big power. I like him at 3,400. The lineup falls off quite a bit. Gavin Sheets, if he's in there, I I like him at 2,600 in the spot. Uh, But like you said, fly ball guy, I think we can target some White Sox bats here for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think you, like, it was crazy to see the ownership on, like, Ben Attendee on Monday night. Like, he's a guy that, like, if he's chalky, I'm perfectly okay with like leaving out of my stack. Like yeah. he's just no, no real power. Um, and then Tim Anderson hit his home run for the month. So he's got his quota. <laughs> so, I mean, you don't have to touch him either. So like, I think if you're all joking aside, Tim Anderson's cheap at shortstop, you can play him in the spot, yeah. but um, Robert, Jimenez, Mankata's power go? like he has just been non-existent. Can you say that year, the like... same about like two or three of these guys, like Grandall, Anderson, Moncada, like, you know, this team in general, just a team where it's like, I don't know. Um, I mean, Mankata was one of the best prospects in all of baseball not that long ago. Like, what? Yeah. He has, he has an OPS of 700. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. I mean, you forget who he came up with. I know. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, you um, got sale. I know that didn't exactly work out, but he was yeah, in the That worked out for right? us, Keith. Come on. Come on. He's, that worked out for He gave us. you some really good years the first couple of he was there. Yeah. All right. Um, but yeah, Robert Jimenez, Moncada, Vaughn, Sheets, Anderson. Um, I don't have I don't have an issue here, you know, looking at the White Sox. And honestly, I like the the Washington side of this game too. Um yeah. like I honestly I think the the strikeout that we saw last time out was more of a fluke. This guy's like a 14% K rate guy. Um so I think this is an amazing spot for Abrams at shortstop. I think Dom Smith, when he gets a lower strikeout pitcher that gives up power, um, he's a guy you definitely want to look at. Manessis, uh, Ruiz, if he hits fourth in that catcher slot, like uh, this is a whole game you could game you could game stack this. You could build a four four stack here and just hope that there's a lot of runs scored. Um, two bullpens that you're not necessarily worried about. So yeah, I mean, I think this is a very very stackable game here on um, Tuesday. Yeah, completely agree with you. Love the Washington bats in this spot. Arena is a guy we have picked on for years. I'm not buying that he suddenly remembered how to strike people out. Um, like early in his career, he had decent strikeout rate with the Marlins, but it's been a long time since he's been that guy. Washington doesn't strike out anyway. So love the Abrams call. He, he's definitely my favorite option here. Um, it, it's full stack. Like the guy has control issues. He has hard contact issues and very recently, he hasn't been able to strike anybody out except for that last game against the Twins. So I, I definitely think the Washington stack is in play. Uh, moving on, we got Philadelphia at Atlanta. You already mentioned that uh, we got a really interesting situation here that we'll talk about in just a second. Um, they did post a total. It's nine, and the Braves are a 220 favorite. I'm shocked with Strider on the hill. Um, but we're going to open our situation, I, I guess. Um I don't know what to really think here. So, yeah, we got Sanchez starting and supposedly going to be piggybacked by Lorenzen. Well, Sanchez is fully stretched out 
and he is. He just dominated this team. Yeah. <laughs> like he like, just struck out 10 Braves. Like why? I know that Lorenzen's coming off the IL and they probably want to get him stretched out for a playoff run. He just pitched too, like, though. I mean, he he dude. recently just pitched against the Braves seven days ago and threw 96 pitches. So I don't know what's going on um, with this. <laughs> so, yeah, let's talk about it. I mean, and Strider on the other side. Um, so let's talk about this Philly situation. I think this is an easy situation as far as like DFS purposes. You just say we're not playing either of these pitchers against the Atlanta offense and, and like just being done with it, not messing with the situation. Um, I think the situation's more interesting when you're like thinking about Atlanta bats, but at least like, gosh, because Sanchez is a lefty, at least like you're probably just playing the same Atlanta guys anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But, um, but as far as the pitching situation, are you with me here? Or are we just like staying away from the situation on a 12 game slate? Yeah, I mean, they're both priced up as like their full starters, and I kind of like the they're talking about it in chat right now, um, in the in our Slack channel. Sanchez should start and he'll just go as until he gets into trouble is kind of the way that we're talking about projecting it right now. And I think I agree. I'm on that side as well. Like Sanchez was so good his last time out and he's been just really good throughout the season, which is kind of weird why this Lorenz and stuff has even popped up anyway, but maybe, maybe Sanchez is at some type of innings limit. He's a guy who's dealt with a bunch of injuries in his career. Maybe they're trying to limit him, so he's fresher for the playoffs. I, I haven't exactly dug into the situation, but yes, we're we're definitely not playing either of these guys against Atlanta. Well, what I had read, because um, I read about this about an hour ago, um, was they are trying to pare down their um, six-man rotation for the playoffs. So are they saying, like, Sanchez-Lorenzen out? Um, so it, it's like a, a tough situation, I think, in general. Um but like, if he's pitching well, like, do they let him go six they innings? Have to, right. I mean, and then like, does Lorenzen like come out the next? I don't know. Um, so I'm just not touching the situation. Uh, that's as easy. Like, I, I, not even messing with it. Um, Machado walked on four straight. What is going on? First and third two outs. Machado comes up, and I'm I'm chasing um, big time in tournaments right now with Machado and the catcher and now the catcher has bases loaded with um, two outs. I would love just a single here. Um, Strider. Philadelphia is a darn good baseball team. Strider came out last time, seven innings, nine strikeouts against this team. It was one of his better games here recently. He's 12, eight. When we're just thinking about this slate as a whole, like Strider an eight K guy, or Castillo and Snell together. I, I think I'm going Castillo Snell combo instead of like Strider 8K guy. Um, I'm really interested to hear your thoughts when it comes to Spencer Strider today. That that was my initial thought as well. Um, obviously, Strider has the highest upside of any pitcher in all of baseball, no matter his matchup. Um, that being said, just facing this team in his last start, and he was very good in his last start. It's just like there has to be some familiarity there. Um, I never like to play guys when they face a team in back-to-back starts. He is fully priced. Um, and there's two, even I think you can make an argument for a third guy in the high-end range that are just in fantastic spots today. Strider, this is not a great matchup. Philly is is fairly left-handed, who he has a slightly lower strikeout rate against and gives up more power to. Um, tough park here in Atlanta. It's still still hot in Atlanta. 
Um, so I agree. Like, I, I think I just prefer the other guys in the range. You, you always have to look at Strider's ownership. If the entire field is reacting this way and Strider's projecting for like 10% ownership, this becomes a little bit different conversation. Uh, but first look, I agree with you. I, I prefer the other guys in the high range just because of their matchup. Strider facing the same team back-to-back in a very good Philly offense at that. So I will say this. He's faced them three times this year. He's averaging 30 DraftKings points. He has 27 strikeouts in 19 innings. Um, he has pitched really well against this team. I don't know if 30 is enough. I mean, and it's weird to say that, but at this price, um, I think like we have to just remember that like Blake Snell is getting Colorado today. Um, and he has just been lights out again recently. Whatever he clicked on like a month and a half, two months ago, he has clicked on again. Um, so yeah, it's tough for me. Like, I'm never going to tell you not to play Spencer Strider. Um, I mean, this guy is the best strikeout pitcher in baseball. So I'm not going to sit here and say, hey, don't play him. I'm just saying I, I think I like the the route of playing Castillo and Snell more than let's just call it like a Allen, Allen Strider build. Um, or, yeah, because I think he'd probably be my favorite here because we, we think that Ryan Piop is going to be like a long relief situation. Like he would have made the a little bit more interesting against Detroit, but – and even Zach Gallen, we're going to talk about Zach Gallen. He's in a great spot. Yeah, that's the, that's the other guy I want to talk about for sure. Yep. Uh, Philadelphia Bats, he's allowed one home run in three starts against him this season. Um, very high on Philly yesterday on Monday. I'm just not – I'm not touching Philly today. Yeah, I mean, the guys you would want to play are Harper and Schwarber, and they're, they're fully priced. I guess you're getting a slight discount on Schwarber, but – even 5,600 chasing a home run is, is not something that I love to do. Um, I'll, pr- I'll probably leave Philly on the shelf here. Definitely not a stack. Too much strikeout stuff from Strider. Atlanta Bats, um, they're expensive. I, I say this all the time. I think if you're playing Atlanta, you're stacking them. Um, just know that like, if Sanchez starts to get in trouble, you're probably going to get Lorenzen. They don't typically like do the whole pinch hit game kind of thing, um, so you don't necessarily worry about that. And Honestly, a lot of these guys are really good against righties and lefties. So, um, I mean, it's just they're such a sound lineup, just top to bottom sound lineup. So, um, yeah, I mean, overall for me on Atlanta, stack or fade. Um, and I don't know if I get to them today because I, I want pitching so much more today. Yeah, I agree. I think it's the first slate in a long time I want to pay up for pitching, and Atlanta is still super expensive. Christopher Sanchez has been really good. Even Lorenzen has been pretty solid this year, so not the best matchup here. Um, obviously, they can break any slate, but I, I don't think I'll get to him much. I think J.D. Martinez just broke the slate um, here on Monday uh, with his second home run, so I don't know what his ownership was. I didn't look. Um all right, moving on. We got Cleveland at Kansas City. Another one of these famous opener situations. Our favorite thing to talk about here. Uh, nine and a half total. Guardians, a 165 favorite. Allen against, we'll call it Marsh because he's expected to be the long reliever. He's been doing this, so I assume this is what we'll kind of see. Uh, let's talk Logan Allen first. 8,400. I mean, from time to time, this guy does show some ceiling. Um he shows some upside and my thing is when you're looking at the Royals lineup, 
we're going to get, depending on who's in the lineup, we're going to get a lot more strikeouts against left-handed pitching. So I think Alan solely in play in this like range today. I don't expect him to be like more than like 15% owned, but he'd probably be a guy that is more of like a 150 or 20 entry max build for me. I don't think he's like a single entry build for me today. Um, what are your thoughts on Logan Allen today? Yeah, I, I'm interested here. Um, the leash has been pretty solid here recently. He's, he's been up around 90 pitches most of his starts this season. About a league average strikeout rate on him. Um, good matchup here against Kansas City. So I'm I'm in agreement. I think he's in play here. I'm going to probably try to spend up as much as I can, but if I need to save a, a thousand or something off a gallon, I, I'm fine going down to Logan Allen. I like the matchup here. Um, We're not touching alec marsh today right no not against cleveland i don't think um i I will say he's one of the he's been one of the easier long relievers or bulk relievers to project like it's not like we're talking about pavetta in boston or whatever san francisco has been doing this year where they use a different long reliever every single day it seems like um pretty confident marsh will actually enter this game but matchup against cleveland just so low strikeout not not sure the upside is there yeah, the strikeouts, the lefties, like, I will say, like, he is a little reverse splitsy for strikeouts. Um, his strikeout upside goes a little bit north when it comes to left-handed. I mean, there's just not a ton of strikeouts in this lineup. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if, like, Alec Marsh puts up, like, 15 fantasy points a day at, like, 5,700. So, um, if you wanted just, like, a, a full-on punt, sure, maybe take a shot, but... I just I don't know if I can do it. Uh, Cleveland bats. Any interest here in Cleveland? I mean, I I think you can always hunt for some power here. They just don't have any. Um, like Marshall give up plenty of home runs. I, I'd say Josh Naylor is my favorite play, saving money down from from Jose Ramirez at forty three hundred. Like you can certainly always play Jose Ramirez as well. Just a little bit of a down year for him um not a stack for me i just i never want to stack cleveland they just they don't have enough power um so josh naylor as a one-off is my favorite thing here jose ramirez would be second um yeah i mean i hate playing jose ramirez at 5700 i would rather like one-off naylor but then again like he's a first baseman um I think if like anything here maybe Bo naylor at catcher at 3200 would be my favorite play uh, he's been hitting the ball a lot better here down the stretch. Um, he got called up and he dealt with some injuries as well, but um, he's a guy that I don't mind taking um, a punt catcher spot here. Uh, the Kansas city side, Logan Allen, um, you know, when he does struggle with like line drives and power, it's definitely more righties. So my, I mean, wit Garcia, um, I think very playable, um velasquez your boy from chicago he's potentially playable in this spot um what are your thoughts here on kansas city velasquez yeah i mean i I didn't realize how cheap he was who's that velasquez yeah that's a good price tag yeah i certainly don't mind that call um i don't know if it's a full stack a mini stack to save some money like if if you're spending up for pitching and and you want a decent offense and then to just like super punt your, your mini stack. I think that that Kansas city could be useful for that. I don't love the matchup against Allen. Um, I do like the, the Velasquez call. Um, 
trying to think of who I'm who I would pair that with. Um, Lofton, I think he fills a second base position, would be a guy I'm looking at. They just called up this Porter guy, a catcher. I don't know much about him, and he's not he's not exactly a punt either. Um, Velasquez, Lofton, maybe Oliveris would be the, the three I'd be looking at. All right, we got Pittsburgh at Chicago to total in this game. It's in Wrigley. Um, we'll see what Kevin Roth says, but like I'm showing blowing out to left field at 14 to 18 miles an hour. So um, could be a really interesting um, – just a really interesting game with the wind because i mean bailey falter against (laughs) javier is in this one um if we do have wind we'll kind of talk about wind no wind do you have any interest in falter wind or no wind i tell you what this cubs offense has fallen off a cliff here over the past (laughs) two weeks or so Um, they don't want to make they're just down apparently not they were just down here in arizona and I, i went to friday night's game they just they can't hit anything right now. It is it has been a tough scene here for my Cubs. That being said, I still don't think I'm playing Falter. I'm definitely not playing Falter if if the wind's blowing out. Um, he's a fly ball pitcher. The Cubs set up pretty well against lefties, it, but the, this offense has been struggling a lot here recently. Um, if the wind is blowing in, I don't know as, as far as punts go on the slate. I I don't think it would be a crazy idea. But if there's any wind blowing out whatsoever, there's there's no chance. Yeah, wind blowing out looks to be the thing here. So, um, I don't think I'm playing them either way. I think the Cubs are a good stack today. Um, and with them struggling a little bit, maybe they go a little lower owned, even if we do get good wind game. Javier Assad, someone that we've seen have a little bit of upside here recently, pitched really well against Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. Then, like, he pitched well against Pittsburgh, pitched well against Cincinnati, then had two tough matchups. He pitched against Arizona, and then he pitched in Coors Field. Um, he's 5,900. Any interest here in Assad? Yeah, I think if I'm looking under 6,500, I think he, he's the guy I would prefer. It's not, not a comfortable play. Um, he started to show some upside there, like you just mentioned, but those were two really good matchups. One of those was the same team that he gets today though. Um, he's not going to be a huge strikeout guy. I think seven strikeouts is probably too much to ask that that's what he did against this Pittsburgh team last time, but a little wind. There's more. There's certainly more home run risk. He's a guy who will generally keep the ball on the ground, uh, but he can give up the the long ball as well. So I don't see him going real deep into this game, and I don't see him striking out seven or eight. It's probably going to be more like five. Um, super large field tournament, and only if I love everything else in the lineup. Yeah, and if the wind's blowing out, I'm just not even touching it. He does generate more ground balls than fly balls, but um, if the wind's blowing out, I just don't really have a ton of interest here. As far as the Pittsburgh bats go, I think they're a cheap mini stack. Um, like you just look at some of the prices on these guys, like you can get some good hitters and good lineup spots um, overall here. And I, I think that this is one of those stacks you could look at to save some salary. Yeah, I'm definitely good with that. We've seen Assad get hit around a little bit of his last two. Obviously, those were, were tougher matchups, but um, I don't mind some of these these Pittsburgh hitters. Um Connor Joe, I think, is probably my favorite guy. Um, I, I would like lefties here. Sawinski just has been striking out so much. He's he's a tough one, but he could certainly get get aside for a home run here. Uh, Palacios, I, I like a good amount in this spot, and and Rivas would be the other one. The the three cheap lefties. 
Uh, the Chicago Bats, I mean, if the wind's blowing out here against a fly ball guy, like they're going to be one of the top stacks on the slate for me. Um, pretty much whoever cracks the lineup. But Jan Gomes would be the guy that I wanted to highlight the most here. Um, has just hit left-handed pitching well all year. And we get a really fair price tag on Gomes at 3400 today. Um, what are your thoughts here on your Cubbies? Yeah, lo- love the Jan Gomes call. Um Cody Bellinger is still priced sky high. He has just crushed left-handed pitching. I think he, even if the Cubs get a little bit popular, nobody's going to want to click on on Bellinger lefty lefty at sixty three hundred. I'm all about that. Morell and Suzuki, I think, are the guys who would get a ton of ownership if we get a win game here. Uh, fifty one hundred for Morell, forty three hundred for Suzuki. Just a little bit too cheap with those guys' fly ball abilities and and power here against the lefty. Yeah, I mean, just back at home like just needing to put some wins together um so yeah, they're gonna, like they've fallen behind arizona now they're tied for the last wild card spot at this point where a week ago they were like a game and a half behind philly for the top wild card spot so it's been qu- quite a fall they definitely need to turn things around and start putting putting it together if they're going to make a run they're half a game up on arizona by the way um for what it's worth they're tied with miami half a game up on arizona arizona has one less or one one more loss than um miami or no miami has 72 losses as well so the cubs are half a game up on arizona and miami so um, they need a good series this is a spot where they need to handle their business against pittsburgh today um moving on milwaukee at st louis another opener situation oh it must be the end of september (laughs) uh no total in this game we have it sounds like McGill is going to open. Hauser is going to pitch in relief. Hauser's kind of been like 70, 80 pitches guy, four or five innings. So sounds about right. Um, and then Drew Rahm is pitching for St. Louis today. Um, any interest in this opener situation here for Milwaukee? No interest in the opener situation. It's a big slate. There's a lot of good pitching on the slate. But there's a lot of bad pitching on the slate too. <laughs> yeah. Um, Drew Rom on the other side, we've seen a little bit of Rom this year. 6% swinging strike rate. His walk rate is almost as high as the strikeout rate from what we saw so far. Um, I mean, it just absolutely dominated his former team last time out um, against Baltimore. But I, I just I can't see it, man. I can't see doing Drew Rom today. Yeah, I, I agree with you. We used to pick on Milwaukee early in the season with lefties a ton, but since the trade deadline, they added Carlos Santana and Mark Kana, who have really lowered their strikeout rate of the lineup overall. They also called up Sal Frelick, who is a low strikeout guy. This Milwaukee team just doesn't strike out near as much as they used to when we were playing. We were just streaming any lefty against them basically back in May and June. Um, that's, that's not the case anymore. This Milwaukee lineup is really solid. Don't think I can get to Rom today. I, I think we just, like, the adrenaline was flowing, the team that traded him away. Good for him for putting together a good outing, but we really haven't seen anything like that uh, in any of his other starts. So I'll, I'll probably just chalk that one up to a nice little revenge narrative and, and goes back to being the, the same high, high walk, low strikeout guy that we've seen. Talked about it so many times in the past. Like, you're just so prepared for the team you played for, like, scouting report-wise. I mean, you you know the ins and outs. I mean, you watch this team play. So, um, bats, Milwaukee bats, they're, man, they looked terrible against Adam Wainwright. Um, Adam <laughs> Wainwright made Milwaukee look silly. <laughs> like, 
Um, Win number two hundred. He finally got yeah. it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I mean, he's going to retire, right? Like, the, there's no way that Adam yeah, he's already doesn't re- Yeah. So he's already announced he's this is his last year. Do you end on that? Do you just walk out on that? Like in St. Louis, win 200. Do you just drop the mic and say, I'm done? I would have. Yeah. Like, I'm done. I, I like, would. Why I would go too. and throw There's another what, game? Left? Yeah. yeah. Why I go and throw another game? End your career beating your, like, one of your rivalry teams and just say, you know, I'm done. I, I got my 200th win. I threw seven innings of good, no earn run ball. I finally had that game where everything kind of clicked for me. I'm done. And who would blame Adam Wainwright? Like, do we do we think Adam Wainwright Hall of Fame? Close, uh, right? Close. He's he's in the conversation. I don't 200 think 200 wins though, man. Like, how many pitchers have 200 wins? I'm gonna ask I mean, you nowadays there's not going to be many, but 300 used to be the threshold. Yeah, 300, but yeah, not. I mean, how many pitchers have 200 wins? Um, so there's this only the five same, guys like, currently still pitching that have 200 wins. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be more and people. more rare. Yeah, it's going to continue to get even more rare. Like, 200 wins is a major accomplishment, no doubt. Like, this is the same conversation with Grinky. Like, Grinky had a fantastic career. Hall of Famer, I like Wainwright and Grinky are kind of in that same tier of I think of I put both of them in the Hall of Fame because really? we got to see we got to see their like prime years. Prime Granky and Prime Wainwright and like were amazing, absolutely. Yeah, like DFS has definitely skewed because like how bad they have been like on the back end of their career. But I think like man, I I have a hard time saying like either one of those guys don't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, when you definitely had ten very good years, ten very good years in the majors, like that. That's no small accomplishment. Like yeah. dominant years, like Wainwright. I think Wainwright had like three or four seasons with nineteen plus wins. Like, I don't know. I it's close. It really is. Like you know, it's hard to get in the Hall of Fame. Look at some of the guys that are not in the Hall of Fame right now. So, Pete Rose. Yeah. Why is Pete Rose not in the Hall of Fame? Just saying. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm gonna get. There might be something else hanging oh, out there. I'm not sure. So many DMs tomorrow. Um, <laughs> My favorite. Anytime I like mention stuff like that, I always get people messaging me. Oh, you're so wrong. Oh, I think Pittsburgh <laughs> just got a fumble touchdown to go ahead in this game. What is oh, going wow. on? Watson sack fumble touchdown. That's what it looks like. Um, all right. Milwaukee bats. We kind of talked about Milwaukee bats. Let's talk St. Louis bats. Um, what are your thoughts here on the St. Louis bats? Yeah, I mean, opener situations are ne- are never something I like to target, but we have two righties back to back here, so I think that I feel pretty good about the lefties. I'm not sure what's going on with Yelich. Anytime this back flares up, I'm I'm just out on him. It's been too big of an issue for for several years now. Um, he he's would be. I'm sorry, we're talking St. Louis bats. You said, well, yeah. I mean, you can yeah, St. Louis, yeah, but but Yelich, yeah. Both, I just want to get that. That Yelich, um, like for Milwaukee, I think they're they're definitely in play against Rom. He's given up a lot of hard contact, plenty of fly balls. I, I like the Milwaukee stack despite them struggling against Wainwright. St. Louis side opener situation, um, they're still in play because we get a righty here, so the lefty should be good to go. Like Newt Bar, um, Gorman, 
like these type of guys are like there's we don't have the the risk of a lefty starting and and then the the righty's getting pinch hit for when when the bulk reliever comes in. So because we have back to back righties potentially here, I would just just go ahead and full stack them. Um, I'm not scared of McGill or or of um, Hauser especially. So I think the St. St. Louis stack is in play for sure. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, yeah, I think they're in play as well. It's just not a game that I love. I, I just hope this game's kind of low scoring if I don't end up on it. Like, just one of those weird games. Fred McGriff got in the Hall of Fame. Like, why? Like, Wainwright should be in consideration, I feel. Fred just McGriff saying. had, did he get to 500 home runs? He might have had a 499, but McGriff was very good for a very long time, also. He had 493. <laughs> I knew he was close to I, 500. I watched a lot of uh, Fred McGriff's career growing up because of like the Tampa connection. But I'm just saying, like, okay, recent pitchers to get in the Hall of Fame, like Mike Mussina, very, very well deserved. Mario Rivera, if you didn't watch him pitch, you just kind of missed out because um, I got to watch him way too much. Um, Roy Holiday, Roy Holiday had a his, like just an insane season. So, I mean, like, yeah, like, John Smoltz, Pedro Martinez, Randy Johnson, maybe like maybe Wainwright and Granky don't get it. It's such a it's such a tough time because like you look back at um, some of these other guys and it's like yeah, the the baseball hall is the hardest to get into of of the major sports. I, I will definitely say that, which is kind of why like Wainwright and Granky specifically are just they're more Hall of Very Good instead of Hall of Fame. Yeah. All right. Boston at Texas. Hall of Fame conversations are always so much fun. Boston at Texas. Uh, nine total in this game. The Rangers a 140 favorite. We got Eovaldi against um, Tanner Houch. Um, gosh, man. Houch, I, I know I don't want to play him. Uh, do you have any interest in him? No, not against this Texas team. Texas starting to get healthy again. Looking to make a run here. They got uh, Josh Young and uh, Adolis Garcia back on Monday night. So they are they should be back to being that elite offense that we've been fearing all season. Um, oh, man. Yeah, I don't think I want to play him. Tough spot. Nathan Eovaldi. Texas is still playing for stuff. Boston isn't. Eovaldi's been terrible. I don't think I can do it. But again, like 
I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I'm touching him today. Like, this price with him coming back off the IL has been insane. Like, the last three games have just been absolute automatic write-offs because, like, we knew his pitch count was limited, and he's never a big strikeout guy anyway, and he was priced at 10K. He's still 9,600, so at least he got up to 73 pitches in the last outing, so I think we could potentially see 85, 90 pitches in this spot, which in a better matchup would put him in play, but I just, against Boston, who they don't strike out a ton, I mean, they strike out more than they, they did earlier since Story has come back um, and they've called up a couple of, of young guys. I just th- There's too many elite options. There's I don't think there's any way I'm getting to Evaldi. Uh, bats, I think you could stack the Red Sox here, but it's not my favorite stack. It's just more of like stacking against how bad Evaldi has been recently. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I think Eovaldi's just gonna figure it out eventually. He's he's been a good pitcher for a long time. Um, obviously, he's had his struggles coming off the IL a little bit better in his last one. Like I said, he did he did make it 73, 73 pitches. Um, got a little bit deeper into the game, just three three and a third innings. But I think he can get through five pretty clean here. Um, yeah, I, I don't love the Boston stack. Yeah, I just, I don't know. He's been pitching so bad, so bad. Uh, just one of those spots where like three or four walks can turn into a couple of big hits um, kind of thing. That's That was my thought process here uh, more than anything else. So The control has been an issue since since he's trying to work back off the IL. I'll, I'll give you that. Oh, man. I hate uh, Anyway, um, Texas Bats here. Yeah, I mean, I think we just have to talk like this is they're now in like we saw Houston get healthy and then they took that that leap. They've been elite for going on a month now. Texas is now, I think, in that same same tier um, with Jung and, and Garcia back there. They just they have four elite guys. If you want to throw Nate Lowe in there, it's five like this is a really deep lineup again. Um, and then you have the two catchers as well. Garver usually DHs and Haim is in there. That's what six, seven deep. It's a tough lineup to get through, so I, I think the stack is in play just because they, they're an offense that can just string together base hits because they they throw up good hitter after good hitter. Um, Carter has come up and made an impact. Uh, the the young kid outfielder, I don't know if he still cracks the lineup as long as as Garcia is back. He was in there Monday night. They sat down. Uh, Grossman was originally in the lineup, and then they swapped in Garcia. So, like, it's just a super deep lineup. There's a couple guys at the bottom, Tavares and Carter, that that you can help use to lower the price of the stack. Houck's a decent pitcher, but I, I just think this Texas offense is back to being elite. Yeah, with Jung and Garcia back, it just makes the stack ceiling so much higher. Um, yeah. And, like, Garver. Garver's been great this season against right-handed pitching. We have gotten to the point where we're so used to playing him against, like, left-handed pitching, but... There's not a weak spot in this lineup. It really, top to bottom, Texas healthy might be one of the best um, best lineups in baseball. And you mentioned Carter as like you know a piece to like a wraparound stack here. Um, yep. I mean he he's someone that's definitely he gives you jack in the bag type of upside. So uh, yeah, Texas very very much in play here against Houch for me. Baltimore at Houston. Nine total in this game. Astros a 120 favorite. Gibson and Brown. Um, any interest here in Kyle Gibson? 
I, I can't do it against this Houston team. Um, they're back to being the lowest strikeout team in baseball over the last 30 days. They, they're just healthier now. They're, they're an elite offense. And Kyle Gibson's not a guy I like to play that much anyway. Not touching Gibson, not touching Brown. Hunter Brown, um, I played a lot of him last start. I think it was against Oakland. Pitch really well. Um, this is not the spot. I mean, it's the same thing I said with Verlander yesterday. Um, good pitcher, and it, like it's just a, a really good offense. These both of these offenses are just so good that it's so hard to play pitchers against them. Yeah, I, I agree with you. For, um, I will say Brown has more strikeout upside. Um, and and I could see him just having an an, uh, an outlier ceiling game here. Six six innings, eight strikeouts, type of thing. Where I just I don't put that in Gibson's range of outcomes here today. So I, I expect Brown to be like really low owned in the spot. I, like a tournament dart, I don't hate, but I, for the most part, I agree he he won't be a main part of my pool. All right, um, bats. I think you're going to get both of these offenses kind of low owned here. Um, what are your thoughts here on the Baltimore bats? Yeah, I mean, I, I respect Brown as a pitcher. Um, I, I don't think that this is a spot I'll be targeting um, their bats. Like, his strikeout upside is great. I know he can walk some guys. You get a couple of walks and a home run. You like you like that. But Houston is um, – or Baltimore, rather, is, is still, like, priced up. I, I don't think I'm doing it against Brown, just, just because of the pricing and, and the talent level of, of Hunter Brown. Yeah, I think if you're if you're playing either one of these teams, I think you're stacking them, but I think you're going to prioritize pitching over these stacks today. I mean, both sides, even the Houston side. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Astros? Yeah, like the the Astros are really expensive, even more expensive than Baltimore as well. Um, but Gibson's not not a guy I'm afraid of. I like Tucker and I like Alvarez. It's just I don't think I'm going to have the money to full stack them. Um, there, we don't have the cheap pieces necessarily. Brantley's up to 4,200, Abreu's up to 4k. Like there, there's just nobody that's in this 3k range that can help me fit in Tucker and Alvarez. So I, I probably don't get to the stack. All right. Seattle at Oakland Castillo and Blackburn facing off against each other. Seven and a half total here. Mariners, a two Oh five favorite. Um, what are your thoughts here on Luis Castillo? Yeah, I mean, one of the, the best pitchers on the slate. Awesome matchup here against Oakland in Oakland. Uh, we know Oakland strikes out a ton. He's put up a, a monster game against them earlier this year. Um, what do you have? Eight strikeouts against him the first time around, I believe. Just a fantastic spot. He can get beat by the home run occasionally. Not not near as much of a risk here in, in Oakland. Um, huge strikeout potential. Cheaper than Strider by, what, 1,500 or so. Just an elite, elite spot for Luis Castillo. Yeah, um, with Seattle like needing every game right now, they're one game back on Texas. Um, like his pitch count has kind of risen here. Like his ceiling has gotten higher because his pitch count has risen. Like everything about this matchup screams, "Let's play Luis Castillo." Um, very, very interested in him today. Paul Blackburn, sixty-seven hundred. He's had some rough go at it here recently. Um, I mean, strikeout upside, definitely there. He's shown some ability to strike out. Like, there's nothing perfect under 7K by any pitcher today. Uh, any interest in Blackburn here against Seattle? 
he, he's the guy that I have interest in if I'm if I'm going down this low. Um, and it's just for that strikeout upside. He's he's turned himself into about an average strikeout pitcher. A couple of years ago, he was a way below average strikeout pitcher around 15%. He's up around 23.5% now. Um, it, it's been rough for him recently, but he's also faced some really tough teams. He's had Houston and Texas back-to-back. Um, just the Seattle is, is a scary offense. There's a ton of power on that side. But they also strike out a ton, um, so it's it's a team that I always like to target. Like I always stack Seattle, and I almost always play the pitcher against them. Just be, it's similar to Minnesota, same, same type of team where they have a ton of power. They can absolutely beat up a pitcher, but they can also strike out ten times in a game as well. So Blackburn at sixty seven hundred, I think more than likely he gets beat up a little bit here, gives up four or five runs, but I think there's an outside chance that he could strike out eight, and that'd be really useful at sixty seven hundred on this slate. So. He'll, he'll probably stay in my pool, but I, I I am aware that there's a ton of risk here. Yeah, there, there's obviously risk. There's some strikeouts as well. Um, right-handed pitching and – or, yeah, right-handed pitcher that strikes out right-handed hitters at a higher clip um, and should get a good amount of righties in this spot. So I think Blackburn, if you're just fully punting, like I said, him and Rutledge maybe would be the options down here, but – I mean, there's nothing safe about either one of them. Uh, the Seattle bats in this spot, they're they're not like overly expensive, but for the slate, they're kind of expensive. Um, do you have interest here in Seattle? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I Blackburn can can be hit a little bit, so I, I do have some interest here. Um, just looking through the pricing here a little bit. Um. Kelnick hasn't really been playing since he's been back as yeah. I mean, Kelnick at 3,600 is a guy that, that certainly intrigues me. You can always play Julio. You can always play Cal Raleigh. Um, Suarez has had a bit of, bit of a rough year. JP Crawford, not a guy that I love to play. So like, I'm not loving the full stack here. Blackburn's got pretty decent control. Maybe it's a, a mini stack for me, like do the Julio Raleigh Kelnick thing. Um, just the, the bottom of the lineup isn't intriguing to me. And I'm really not interested in Crawford and Suarez that, all that much either. But the the two, three, four, and then Kelnick, I think it would be would be acceptable. Yeah, Kelnick um, and Rojas, if he cracks the lineup um, in this spot, cheap second baseman, thirty four hundred. Um, don't hate that. You know, he should hit like six or seventh if he cracks the lineup. So, uh, Oakland bats, I got nothing. I don't want to touch Oakland against Castillo today. Nope, me neither. All right, Colorado at San Diego. Sounds like Feltner is going to pitch. Um, that's what it sounds like. Everything I've read is he's going to get activated from the 60-day and pitch in this one. Snell on the San Diego side. Um, no total because Feltner hasn't actually like officially been activated yet for sports books. Um, but, yeah, everything I've read, he's going to pitch. Any interest here in Feltner? No, um, I'm trying to look up what he's. I don't know if he's made. Re- I'm sure he, he's been out for a very long time. I'm sure he's had to have made some some rehab starts here, but I don't have any interest against San Diego. Um, he did three rehab starts. Yeah, his last I mean, outing he, was 66 pitches. Yeah, so probably not even a full. Like we're we're probably getting 80 pitches here against a, a pretty good San Diego team. No interest for me. Yeah, and anyone that doesn't know, he got hit with a line drive on the in the head. Um, yeah. It was not pretty. 
out for a while. Um, so yeah, he yeah, but he made some rehab starts even before like his rehab starts before like the injury. He was walking guys at such a high high clip. San Diego can punish a pitcher. I mean, and they got to the bullpen really early here on Monday night. Uh, it's eleven to three in the top of the six in that game. So. A bullpen that is already one of the worst bullpens in baseball getting used up a lot. Um, I think we're going to have a lot more interest here in the bats for Colorado or San Diego. Um, Snell, he's probably my favorite pitcher on the slate today. You know, just a guy that has been so dominant recently. Again, getting a matchup like this over eight strikeouts now in five straight games. Like this is a spot Snell should go out and crush. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the Rockies outside of Coors Field. Like, just as just the absolute best matchup outside of Coors Field. I wrote, I only know this because I wrote it up today when I was talking about um, playing some Waka against the Rockies. So I'm certainly interested in playing Blake Snell against the Rockies, but they strike out over 27% of the time away from Coors Field. Blake Snell is one of the best strikeout pitchers in baseball. He's, he's over 30% on the season over eight in like six in a row. Like you mentioned, like he's just back into that elite form he's still going to walk some guys. He's still going to be very frustrating, but the, the strikeouts uh, are just have potential to be through the roof in this spot. Um, Colorado doesn't offer much resistance on the other side. You save some money way down from Strider 2,200 down from Strider uh, even what 700 down from, from Luis Castillo. So beautiful price elite matchup. I'm with you. Blake Snell is the top point per dollar pitcher on the slate. I got no interest in the Rockies bats today. Do you? Nope. My job is to ask. Um, San Diego uh, was very, very high on San Diego on Monday night and going right back to the well. I think this is a great spot for the Padres. I mean, if they were in a different ballpark, I would consider them as like a top stack on the slate. But they're expensive, but I mean, I love love this spot for them today. Yeah, I, I'm with you. They've been they've been hitting better here. Uh, Soto coming off a Player of the Week award. Like I don't know how how deep Feltner's going in this game either. You just mentioned the the bullpen threw a lot of innings on Monday night, so a, they have a, a tired bullpen and a starter making his first start off the IL. So this could be a really good spot for for San Diego. Um, Tatis and Machado are awesome, also with, with Soto as well. Bogarts has been better in the second half here. Uh, Campusano hit you a big homer on, on Monday night. I'm, I'm good going right back to there. But good, really talented young catcher. Um, and if Profar is back in that leadoff spot, he was out of the lineup Monday night, but if he's back in the leadoff spot, he's 3,200. I like the San Diego stack. All right, San Francisco at Arizona. We got Cobb and Gallon facing off against each other. Um, no total in this game, which I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, any interest here in Alex Cobb? I don't think I can do it against this Arizona team. Um, like Cobb's, I think Cobb's an above-average pitcher, but he just hasn't been racking up strikeouts like he did even last year. It looked like he was really taking a step forward. That hasn't come. Arizona's a very low strikeout opponent, so just don't think the upside is there for Cobb. He's also a guy who does not have a, a long leash at all. Um, I, and I say that, and then he he threw 131 pitches in the the he almost in his almost no hitter. But generally, they like to keep him around 80 pitches, um, 79 and 58 in his last two. Like, I, I just I don't see the upside here for Cobb. 
Yeah, one good outing since the beginning of August for Alex Cobb. So, been a rough go for him recently. Tough matchup against um, Arizona as well. You know, again, it's that time of the year where we're definitely paying attention to the standings. Well, this game matters for both sides. Um, if Cobb gets in trouble, don't be shocked if he gets like 65 pitches and gets yanked if he gets in trouble in this game. The Giants, this is a huge series for playoff Um like the Giants sweep Arizona and they're ahead of Arizona in the wild card. And so um, big, big, big series. Well, and again, like we're going to talk way more like games and like playoffs next week, but like these games matter too. Zach Gallen, you 90... that because we, yeah. we do have two Cy Young front run- runners. One that we're about to talk about. Blake Snell is the favorite in the clubhouse for the Cy Young. So that's just another, like if he's at 89 pitches and, through five five innings, like he's going back out there. This this is the time of year where San Diego will let him go, trying to win a Cy Young award. So just an- another point in the in the cap for uh, Blake Snell and the guy we're about to talk about here, Zach Gallen. Um, I did not realize that Lance Lynn just got hit hard. Gave up a three run homer to <laughs> Jake Rogers. Oh, that uh, that's you, right? all, that helps me. Yes, um, yeah. uh, doesn't hurt my feelings. Zach Allen, <laughs> like my, I mean, my pairing today, like the more I think about as much as I like Luis Castillo, I think my pairing today is going to be Gallon Snell. Like, cause you could still get a, a really good like lineup build if you punt catcher, um, hashtag punt catcher. But yeah, I mean, they're 9,810 Like Zach Allen is the, the strikeout upside is definitely massive here against the Giants. This is a huge game. If he's pitching well, they let him go 100-plus pitches here. Um, Arizona games matter right now. And, yeah, I mean, I think this is a game, like, Arizona bullpen's not great either. Like, if he's pitching well, he'll get 100 pitches in this one. I, I really like Zach Gallon today the more I think about it. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, he's put up a couple of rough starts here recently. But look at who he faced. He faced the Mets, who don't strike out very much. Um that was in City Field. That was a disappointing start. But before that, he faced the Orioles and the Dodgers. In between there, he dominated my Cubs, of course. Um, but the the last three of the last four have been pretty rough for Gallon. I'm gonna, just going to chalk that up the matchup. San Francisco's a talented offense as well, but they there's so much strikeout upside here that I'm I'm with you. I I love this spot for Gallon. I hope that people are concerned about recent form. But when I look at the opponents that he's faced, I'm I'm really not concerned about him at all. Like I, I think he can bounce right back and just I think that he has 10 strikeout upside in this matchup here. Yep. Yeah, tough matchups. Um Giants bats. I don't really have a ton of interest in Giants bats here. No, none none for me either. Um I think Gallon bounces back. Arizona's cheap. And I don't necessarily love it, but Cobb has been struggling. Like, it, like outside of Car- Carroll and like Marte, Fam's thirty nine hundred, Gary L's thirty seven hundred, Perdomo's thirty two hundred. Like, there's a lot of like cheap bats in this lineup. I don't know if it's like a full stack, but it might be one of those spots where I like play Carroll and then play like two cheap bats to kind of pair them with. Yeah, I I don't mind this. Um... I, I want lefties against Cobb. Alec Thomas is a guy that's kind of jumping out to me here. Uh, Twenty eight hundred. He's been hitting in the middle of the lineup here recently too. Very talented prospect who has been hitting at the bottom of the order most of the year, but has started to come on at the end here. So I I love Alec Thomas, 
Perdomo, if he's in there, I think would be the other guy I'm looking to. Like, there's not like I don't want to play Jace Peterson if he if he cracks the lineup. But if we could get a third cheap lefty, I would I would absolutely love that call as a as a mini stack. If you want to throw in Moreno as the third piece as a cheap catcher, I, I certainly like that. All right, we finish it out. Detroit at LA taking on the Dodgers. Baedo against what sounds to be like Yarborough opening. Um, Piat pitching behind him. I mean, gosh. Let's talk Fiedo. We're not playing him against the Dodgers, right? No, no chance. Are we playing any Piat at 9,100 here? He's, he's 9,100. I just... I don't know how many pitches he's like. I'm concerned that Yarbrough throws two innings, and then what's the best case scenario here? Like, and Yarbrough could throw throw three or four innings. That's what he's been doing recently. So, I'm very concerned about the workload for for Pepio here. Like, obviously, we love the matchup, but we don't price... call him Pepio in this show. <laughs> okay, what's his name? <laughs> Piat. That. Listen, it drives people crazy, and I love it. It's my favorite. <laughs> your your pronunciations are my favorite as well. So I, I'm. And know, what's I'm funny is here. like I I like I know how to say these guys' names now. Like when I first started doing the morning grind, like seven or eight years ago, I put like zero effort into it. But um, like because it just wasn't a like you just wanted to talk like good plays. You didn't really care about like how to pronounce. And like now it's just like I have to keep doing it because it's fun to me. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but Pepiot, like, if he was starting in this spot and, like, gosh, like, Keith, if he was starting here against Detroit, yeah. like, I, I feel like he'd be an option. But, like, why is he moving to this, like, opener, like, situation? Like, are they trying to limit him a little bit here? I think so, yep. That's my, I think, my biggest like they, concern. They have so many injuries in the rotation. Like, they're just desperate for these guys. All these young pitchers, they need them to last through a, through a deep playoff run. I think it's yeah. simply just trying to limit workload here. So I'm very concerned that he's going to throw like 70 pitches in this spot. That's not enough like for 9100. They're like in no man's land too. They've they've clinched the division. They're not likely catching Atlanta. Um, it's just like, yeah, like we're already starting to see them rest like Mookie and these guys. Like I don't even feel like yep. they're trying to catch Atlanta at this point. Yeah. So, like, if Pepiot was, like, actually starting in this game and wasn't – and, like, if you're playing 150, do you play some? Like, because if I am if I was playing 150 today, I'd play some because, like, maybe it's just one of those things they're going to let him throw, like, 80 pitches, but 80 pitches might be enough for him to put up, like, 25-plus here. Maybe. I mean, you can't oh, argue yeah. with the matchup, that's for sure. But what can you get to – Seven, eight strikeouts and 80 pitches? I suppose he can against Detroit. It is Detroit. <laughs> yeah. It is Detroit. I mean, <laughs> do you think it's going to happen? Probably not, but it is Detroit. Should it happen? Probably not, but it is Detroit. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I made money in football. I don't know how I made money in football, um, but I will, I'll take it. Um, that Steelers second touchdown was, about, was a four-figure swing for me, but still a very oh. good night for me as well. Yeah. All right, let's talk bats. I'm still, I still don't think I'm touching the Detroit bats here. Like, there'll be times that I'll, I'll land on like Kerry Carpenter as like a last piece in on a team that I really like. Um, I think he's really talented. He's just on the wrong team. Um, but that's really it for me. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that exact take. He, Carpenter's been so good. Um, there's just no other talent. Um, 
that I'm really interested in playing here, especially with, R- with Riley Green on the IL. I think Carpenter will be completely unknown because you're getting Yarbrough, the lefty, to start. But I like Yarbrough's not going any deeper than three innings, I wouldn't think. So I'm totally down with that one off. Um, definitely not a stack, though. Um, I mean, Torkelson has had like a low key, really good year. What is he? He's at? been he's great been... against lefties, especially. Like, I I love him in his first at bat against Yarbrough, but does he get two at bats against Yarbrough? That's the the concern for me. His, I mean, he's just again, he's just having he's... a good year, and that's all I was talking about more. So yeah, nice nice to see from him too. He struggled so badly last year. Like, this is a guy we were really excited about coming into last year. But yep. hopefully he puts himself back on the map a little bit. The Detroit, like, they might actually be decent in, like, two years. They have a lot of young talent. If they can keep this young talent together and add some, like, veteran pieces around them. Um, they got to get their pitching healthy, too. There's a, there's a lot of talented yeah. young arms that have all been hurt. Um, Scooball dealt with injuries. They've got – who's the first pick? I can't think of his name right now. Splitter guy. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> Study. Oh, I, I mean, can't... I can't think of his name either. Matt Manning's another guy. Why can't I think of their? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. No, it's driving me crazy. Now I got look it up because yeah, yeah, I'm it's looking driving it me crazy too. too. <laughs> yeah. Scoble, we talked about right. You mentioned him. Casey Mize. Thank you, Michael, in yes. the chat. Casey yes, Mize, Mize is the guy. Yes. And like, yeah, yeah, this Detroit team does have some talent still. Like they're yep. they're still up and coming. I would say they're getting they're just, Miggy's they're thirty year, thirty million off the books next year too. Right. <laughs> so I'm just saying, like that's another, no, like that helps a ton. Um, for what it's worth, like his his massive two hundred fifty million dollar contract he signed uh, was it 2016 or 2017 that they're just they've gotten crushed on, um, here the last few years but i mean i guess you got all those years out of him and miggy is he a hall of famer <laughs> I'm, just uh, I uh, I'm just kidding that one's not debatable oh uh, no i'm just it was a joke that one was a joke all right dodgers bats <laughs> against fido um late night hammer i mean yeah th- this is a spot where i think like you can take some shots like fido He'll struggle with command. He gives up power to both sides, more power to righties, which kind of fits into this um, Dodgers lineup. Like, I think the Dodgers are interesting today. Yeah, I, I do as well. The, the, my only concern is their pricing. Like, if you want to play two or three of Betts, Freeman, Smith, Martinez, Muncy, like, it's it's tough to – like, there's an opportunity cost at pitching today for sure um, with at least three of these guys. I, like I don't mind the bottom of the order stack either, though. Give me, give me an Outman or a Peralta, whoever's in the lineup. Hayward, like I'm, I'm fine with playing the cheap outfielders as, as kind of a mini stack as well, even if I can't get to the premium stack here. Uh, but I, I do have interest. I, I'm not scared of Fiedo. The Detroit bullpen's been sneaky good, but I, I still think they can, they can put up enough against Fiedo here. All right, let's uh let's play the morning grind game and then we'll get out of here. We got sidetracked so many times today. Um, welcome to the morning grind. If you have never listened, football before. conversations, Hall yeah. of Fame conversations, <laughs> we did it all. Yeah. yeah, Detroit young talent conversation. Like, hey, listen, <laughs> yeah. we covered, we checked all the boxes um, on the slate. <laughs> Under eight K to get six or more strikeouts. Who do you got today? 
I think Paul Blackburn bounces back in a big way. The Seattle team has struck out a ton this year. Give me Blackburn. Yeah, I really wish we knew how far Sanchez was going to pitch, but I, I can't do it. Um, just give me the fastball. Give me give me Jackson, Jackson Rutledge today to get some strikeouts. Over 8K to score under 15. Who's your bust today? Uh, Eovaldi against Boston. I still he's like he's still not fully stretched out. He's had a, a rough go of it here. Be tough for him to get to 15. I'm gonna go Gibson against Houston. Um, their strikeout yeah. down and yeah, tough matchup. Over 4K to hit a home run. Who's going yard today? Um, let me see here. Give me. I'm not sold on your guy Rutledge. I know I know you like him a little bit, but give me Luis Robert. He's he's been scorching hot here recently. That I is think a Rutledge very is, is loose term of like him today. <laughs> it's, very it's price related. I, I understand. Yeah, very loose term. I just wanted to correct you, um, but <laughs> I, I don't hate that call by any means. Like he and like we talked about the White Sox bats for sure. I'm gonna go to your Cubs and say Morel goes yard today. Um, I think this is a really good spot for him. Under 4K to get two hits. Who's a cheap bat that you like today? Let's see here. Give me give me Dominic Smith. I mean, just Arena just cannot possibly be pitching in the majors at this point. Dom Smith is my guy. Why is he pitching in the majors? <laughs> <laughs> just because White Sox. <laughs> I guess, man. I I don't know. Um yeah, I, I like that call um for sure. You know, so yeah, why is why is he pitching? I don't get it. <laughs> and Dom Smith, like twenty eight hundred for Dom Smith in this spot is literally a fantastic price tag. Um, so I'm gonna go to the same game and I'm gonna go Blankenhorn, hoping that he cracks the lineup today. He's struggled with strikeouts and Urena. Um, this could be a really good spot for him. Twenty three hundred. We love pitching. We love some top end bats. 2300 for an outfielder um, in a good matchup. Sign me up. Uh, stack to score six or more runs today. Who's getting the job done? Sticking sticking right with it. I, I love this Washington stack today. Um, I mean, Urena has to be one of the worst pitchers in baseball at this point. They're, they're, very, they're cheap enough to where you can spend up for this elite pitching. I think there are three pitchers uh, it, above 9,500 that I absolutely want to play. There's four pitchers above 9,500, I should say, that I absolutely want to play today, depending on Strider's ownership. But first time in a while, I'm, I'm prioritizing elite pitching, so give me the cheap Washington stack. Pairing with the Cubs, get two good pitchers, call it a day. Hope everyone has a fantastic Tuesday. We'll be back on Wednesday talking more baseball. Have a great day, and we'll see you then.